Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Impact the World. And we have a musical themed show for you this week, although it also touches on many aspects of creation. A few months ago, I was introduced to a group that some of you may already be familiar with. They are called Beautiful Chorus, and boy oh boy is the name accurate. It's four vocalists, and what these women create is just extraordinary. You'll hear me refer to it in the interview as high-frequency love music, and it really is that. It's music that I have personally used so many times over the last four or five months to create calm, nurturing, healing in my own space, and I've introduced them to many friends. And it was really lovely to get to talk to their leader, Alexandra Love, about the process that they go through to record and create their albums and how they have been doing this very independently for many years. And just in recent times, their work is resonating more and more with more people, understandably, because it's such healing music. So firstly, if you aren't yet familiar with Beautiful Chorus, you are in for a treat. If you are a music lover, if you like healing. Uh, they really are the most incredible artists and I'm delighted that you're going to get to discover them through this. And secondly, it was really great to talk to Alexandra about her work in meditation and how she started in film school and the kind of circular creative journey that she has had. But a key moment comes in the discussion when she talks about really following intuitively what it is that she and the group have felt around their music and how they feel that their music is leading them and showing them their path in the world. So it's a very, it's a very lovely conversation and uh, Alexandra has exactly the kind of energy you would expect her to have when you hear the music that they create. So I hope you enjoy it. And for those of you who do enjoy the show, we are an independent show. So to help support the show and spread the word, it would mean the world to us if you were able to leave us a rating and or a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word with what we're doing. So for now, I hope you enjoy Alexandra Love representing Beautiful Chorus. And as ever, all links are in the show notes. Welcome, Alexandra, to the show. It is a real treat for me to have you here on Impact the World. Thank you so much. It's I'm really excited to be here. This is going to be great. <laughs> so I first discovered you and your work and your incredible musicianship and all of you. You're called Beautiful Chorus, and it was through India RE. And I, I think I either first heard the duet that you did with India or it was something else of yours that she shared. Mm -hmm. And I was hooked. So I went and I got your albums and 
Yeah. I was just sharing with you before we started this conversation, one of my great delights is, aside from just loving your music and how heavenly and divine it is, and it's what I put on when I want to be calm, and if I, you know, if things have been a bit in the world, it's like, oh my God, I need to put some beautiful chorus on. <laughs> the other thing I have greatly enjoyed is the reaction of friends and it started with my husband Stephen I was playing you guys out in the yard and he came at me and went what is this and everybody has that what is this reaction when they hear it and when I was looking at your website um, in prep to talk to you today the music is described perfectly on your website you describe it as high frequency love music and that's exactly not only what it sounds like, but what it feels like and the mood that it puts you in. So to you and everyone in the chorus, I salute you. I thank you. I, please keep making more music. And I'm, I'm excited you've just released a new album too. So yeah, I just, I just want to honor what you guys do. And to anyone watching and listening, if you have not yet heard Beautiful Chorus, you will love them. And we will put links to their work underneath the show as ever. Beautiful. Thank you so much. That it really, it really, really speaks to us when people hear us uh, in their everyday environments and can enjoy it. That's what we hope for: is to blend into the everyday environment and become part of the soundtrack for people's yeah. days. Yeah. So I'm curious because you know the the chorus is is more than just you. So when did you guys get started? And tell us a little bit about how the beautiful chorus came to be. Absolutely. It's been such a long journey at this point. At this point, I think it's been about 10 years. We began in 2011 and I had recorded an album with another group that I was with and I've always loved harmonies. So on the album, I recorded harmonies and waking up one morning, I said to myself, I want to put together a women's chorus to sing the harmonies on this album live with me um, for one show. So I spoke with friends and I put up flyers and we had auditions and it was really fun. And I chose 12 women and I taught them all of the harmonies that I had created for that specific album. And we had the show, I put together a festival. It was called the Festival of Light and Sound. And it was amazing. We had, I think about 2,800 in attendance for our first time festival was fantastic. And after we got off stage, you know, the whole night went really well. And after we got off stage, we all looked at each other and just said, like, we want to keep, keep going. This was only intended to be for one show, but look at what we've been able to create amongst ourselves, within ourselves, amongst each other, and uh, to an audience. It was just such a powerful experience. So we sat in meditation for a bit and decided to go on tour. So I booked us a tour, and from there, it's just been history. And over the years, we've, of course... Uh, gone from 12 women to four solid women of us now, um, just because people move away and go to school and have kids and life happens. Uh, so we've really taken on a lot of incarnations, but our sound, I believe, has always stayed genuine just to what we are, you mm. know, high frequency love. Like we just want to be of service, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's interesting because the album that I first discovered of yours, I'm blanking on the title, but it came out in 2015. Is it Hymns of Spirit? Yes. And it's interesting, just the, the lead track from your new album that I, I got to hear this morning, um, what I love is you you have this sound. And of course, each time you're, you're changing the incarnation, but it's, 
it's an established sound and it's so strong. So it, it's interesting to me that just looking from the outside in and correct me if this isn't true, it's almost like you've been m making this music for years, but I've, I've loved watching the prominence of the amount of people who are now finding the music seems to have really been rising in the last year or two. And yeah. I think with everything we went through in 2020, from all angles, like the need for healing has never been greater. And your music is just pure healing music. So it, it's lovely to me to see that music start to get out there in an even bigger way as, as time is going on. Yeah, it's been such a huge process for us as well, because, you know, when 2020 came, people were specifically looking for healing music. And we had been creating it at that point for almost 10 years. So to be able to share our catalog with people who were specifically looking for those things and to have so many albums ready for everyone felt like a perfect uh, match, like a, a call and response. Mm. And I, I got to speak to India about you guys over email and she shared with me, she said, you know, there's not a ton of music that she is listening to, uh, but she said that the music that always resets her is is you guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Amazing. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's... I, I also think it really beautifully marries with your intent. So you have this intention, but you also have this incredible history in the healing world. So for example, I know you're very popular as a meditation teacher on insight timer. So perhaps I'm curious, when did spirituality first come into your life or was it there from the beginning? And what was your journey to finding your way as a, as a holder of space and a healer in the world? Wow, that's such a good question. Such a big question. For me, uh, it's always been around that spiritual connection and the way that I accessed it was, a, I guess, a bit, um, maybe not unintentional, but just through life experiences. At 10 years old, I lost my hair. I have what's called alopecia. And in feeling as though the physical realm for me wasn't as reliable as my mental space, I sort of retreated a bit into my mental space, cleared the junk out of there and really like went into myself about it and was able to then access my own mental space as the bridge between spirit and the physical realm. So for me, I've been um, working on just sort of not perfecting, but becoming a, more of an open channel for my own true self to come through into this realm since forever. Yeah. Yeah, it and wasn't how, easy, but it's been so beneficial. And 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 at what point did it start to, at what point did the student start to also become a teacher of this work? I'm curious. Oh, that's such a good question too. I think it's always been both, actually. From the first lessons that I was learning, I was sharing with friends and trying to get, you know, like as even a kid, it was like, there has to be an answer. Like there's a way you know, there has to be a way to live life more joyously. And I've always been in pursuit of that, even um, in some of the darkest times. Mm -hmm. And meditation, because that's a really strong component of your work. How how did that first uh, enter your life? Or when did you first find meditation as a practice? I had some friends in college who are Baha'i, and they used to sit and meditate. And I would see them do it and hear them talk about it. And then I would join them and then I got into it and it has changed everything. It was like the next level to my own personal growth at that time. I know that meditation comes into everyone's lives at different points and times. And sometimes it takes us hearing about it, you know, 20 or 30 times before saying, okay, I'm, I'm here, I'm alone in my home. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and give it a go. 
So for me, it was hearing about it for a long period of time and then finally just sitting down to do it and giving myself enough space and gentleness and patience to really like get into it, you know, because when you first sit down to meditate, it can be so mentally chaotic. Even if you're grounded and cool, calm and collected, the the mind, you know, can do its own thing. So um, for me, it's just, it's still, it's still an ongoing process of deepening my pro- my practice of meditation. And I'm curious as someone who has taught meditation and led meditation, and you have many guided meditations out there, what what is one of the most common objections or blocks that you think we have towards meditating as as people? Because this is a question I'm always flirting with myself, and I'm interested in. Yeah. And I'm curious what you've what you've found to be the biggest objection that we might have towards meditating regularly or block. That's another. You're so great. These questions are they're so deep. It's my own experience of the blocks um, have been that people don't trust the discomfort mm-hmm. of learning to still our mind because it can be really scary. You know, if we go from thinking, 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 distracting obligations, not focusing on the things that we, that truly matter to us. And then we sit down in a moment, it can be really, really uncomfortable, even though it's good for us. So what I found to be one of the biggest blocks is getting through that phase of discomfort that inevitably happens when you change a trajectory, you know, any kind of mental trajectory. So um, that and just fear of the unknown, I think. Mm. Mm. Because it's such Uh, a personal experience. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier with creating the beautiful chorus music that you you guys meditate. And do you have practices? Like, do you meditate before recording or do you have intentional circles. I'm curious, because the music is so encoded with high Mm. frequency and it's so evident, I was curious, is that because you are all walking your talk and living from that Mm -hmm. place and then it goes into the music? Or do you also have ceremony or sacred space around the times you're recording? I think it's a combination of both. And towards the beginning, it was more meditation more often because we were getting into it as a group and solidifying that frequency. But at this point now, every time we get together, it's just laughter and fun. And that is our meditation at this point. That's so great. And I I know that the other members of the group aren't here, but how do they feel about witnessing the music that you will hold so close to your hearts and bring through your hearts being received? out there in the world and people find out. I'm curious how, what, what, what they would say about their experience of that. It's a deep, it's a deep experience for each of us. It's very profound for us because, you know, we've been doing this and traveling around the country in a van and touring our, like scheduling our own things and putting out our own albums and doing it very uh, grassroots for a long time. So anytime we all talk about where the music is going and who, is enjoying it and the new people who are are liking us and all of that, like we all just start crying. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. I can't put words to it and I don't want to speak for the ladies, but it's it's um, profound for each of us, definitely. Yeah, well, you certainly, you you. I can't imagine anyone having a casual response to the music. And I don't say that to put you guys on the spot or, or to put pressure on the people who are going to go and listen, but, you know, for me, that was just the, uh, you know, you nailed it with the, it's high frequency love music. And you, if you're used to 
celebrating that in the world or trying to cultivate that in yourself and in the life that you're building, it's like, oh yeah, that's the soundtrack for it, which is perfect. So um, I'm not surprised that the responses you're all having are strong because I, I know from me and the people I've been playing you guys to the last few months, I think I only discovered you about four months ago, maybe five months ago, um, everyone has a really strong response. So I'm not surprised that the ricochet effect causes you guys to cry. Absolutely. It's reciprocated. And that's, that's what keeps us going. Like we're all just keeping each other going. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm curious about your path with releasing and recording music in this day and age. You know, the music industry, I think for many people is known as this I think the business side of the music industry is traditionally seen as quite shadowy and shady and problematic. And music itself is this magical, emotional healing force in our lives. So there's always this interesting juxtaposition that I think is going through a healing phase right now with more and more people doing it in a more DIY grassroots way. But equally, I think as we expose some of the shadow, the shadow gets to heal and change. So you said that originally it was you guys setting all this up yourselves. So I'm guessing, does that mean now you, you're working with a label or you have more, more infrastructure around it? And I'm, I'm just curious what that journey has been like for you. Yes, we were. I, well, I was setting everything up myself in the beginning because I have had experience in doing those things. And then over the years, We've, I think we've done it mostly ourselves, but over the last two years, we've put together an amazing team of people, managers, and a label services company. And while we are um, expanding our team, we still maintain 100% creative control. And it's, it's always been important to us to not, um, to stay true to who we are, to not necessarily dance with the side of the industry that we aren't interested in experiencing. So we've, uh, at, at points, done it. DIY, even when it would have been easier to just say yes to someone who was offering us something, uh, we wanted to keep our integrity intact. So for us, that was, it meant just doing a lot ourselves. Yeah. And you have to protect that high frequency because at the moment, high frequency art in the world is not the norm. It's not that it isn't out there. It is, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the norm within industry in much the same way that it's not necessarily the norm within our mainstream culture. So you do have to kind of protect what you've got when you you don't want it to be um, interfered with or modified or let's make this a bit safer, you know? That's so interesting. I, I personally haven't experienced it as needing to protect the thing so much as honoring the power of the thing and following the thing wherever the thing says to go because it, I, I believe it, for me, it, it has its own intelligence. And so I don't I think that it, it, for us, it navigates through our intuition. So the choices that we make, maybe just consequently protect it anyway. You know, I think sometimes in focusing on protecting a thing, we can be focusing too much on the thing that's trying to hurt the thing. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. That's great. That's just been the case for us. I don't, you yeah, know. yeah, no, no. And, and I'm, I guess for me, it's the, I have so many people I've known over the years who in the music industry have, have in a way modified what they were doing because of the industry and they have the you know the story where they come out the other side and then they're like oh I had to modify too much to stay in there yeah. so um yeah no I, I I love what you said about the, the it clearly having its own life yeah but I think it is a process of honoring it 
honoring it and protecting it are, are similar. I think there's definitely that in it. Yeah, and you you said that you'd had experience with you know setting certain things up, and one of mm. the things that really struck me when I was looking at your past work this morning was that you attended Columbia College Chicago for film um, and television direct, direction and editing. And so I yeah. had no idea you'd done many of the videos for your group, which is awesome and, and quite unique. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I did attend Columbia College and my degree is not in music. And uh, when I was there, I was just singing randomly and a friend, a new friend of mine, you know, college said, you have to sing, you should sing. And I was like, well, let me let's see if it works. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been singing. So yeah, in, in having that degree, it, it has helped so much in making our, our music videos and any promos and even graphic design stuff. Everything has been helpful. That's beautiful. And do you all create the songs together when you come together? Is it an intuitive songwriting process? I was just curious how that works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it varies depending on the mood and the topics and who comes up with what. But for this, for our most recent release, the Goodnight Moonchild 20 track album, we sat in a room together and from, from step one through to completion, we're all on the same page with everything. And it was a really, it was a new way to do things because we haven't ever just sat down in a place and created an exact thing together, if that makes sense. We've, we've been more scattered, intuitive chaotic, whatever, you know, in a beautiful way. And for this album, we we really focused and really wanted to provide families with uh, an opportunity to relax. Mm-hmm. Like kids too, but of course, the adults who are taking care of the kids. Yeah, and I, I love that, the you know, the the lullaby is a, is, is a part of the, the ethos of the album. I remember many, many years ago, Jewel, who was an artist I really loved when I first heard her, I think when she first came out, she did this incredible album for Fisher-Price, which was lullabies. But um, it was something that so many, yeah, so many adults. It was one of my favorite albums of hers, actually. And uh, it's beautiful. But this is going back. I mean, this is probably around 2006 or something. So um, so it's lovely to see that that kind of weaving its way with, with, with the work that you're doing. And how long did it take? So 20 tracks, you came together. Like, What was the gestation of, of, of creating that album? From writing one of the first songs to the full completion, probably about five or six months. That's fairly quick. Yeah. Is is it? Is that quick? I think so. For 20 yeah. songs, that's fairly... And were you, yeah. were you working on it full-time or...? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. And do you record yourselves? Do you work with uh, outside engineers or producers? How does that work? Um, many years ago, I think probably about a decade ago, I decided for myself that I wanted to record myself exclusively Mm. because being in the booth and trying to explain to someone what I wanted to do was, it was too tedious. So for about a decade, I have been recording each of us. And, um, so when we record, it's just us in a room and it's very insular and focused and, and beautiful and intentional. And I I record each of us and myself. Beautiful. And then who does the mixing and the, the that process? Is that something you're all I that too. <laughs> yeah. So and then good. I send it to be mastered. Uh, we have an amazing mastering engineer, but yeah, I do everything up to that point. Beautiful. And so you you get to do a lot of chop wood carry water in your in your in your job. <laughs> There's something lovely about that hands-on nature of all the tasks oh, yeah. as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And having gone to school for editing, it is the same sort of a thing. I'm just editing visual representations of audio instead of film. So I enjoy it a lot. Great. 
So I'm curious how, I, I guess I can't ask the whole chorus because they're not all here, but I'm curious, how was 2020 for you? Because it was such a, a monumental year, I think, for so many of us in all the ways. I'm curious how it was for you as a year to on earth. It's, well, it was a very long year. It was a long year with a lot of art and a lot of conversations and um, people, you know, in my life as well as myself trying to transfer what we were doing in everyday life onto Zoom or into phone calls or onto FaceTime uh, or socially distanced moments. So it was really an exploration of connection for, for me personally in that um, being isolated really made me appreciate everyone that I had been around, you know, like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to go hang out or we're just going to go here. We're just going to go here. And it's so, it was so easy before in, in a way. And then in 2020, it was, you know, everything changes, everything changed. So I'm ready to reconnect in safe ways as, as time permits, but 2020 has been um, very much a deep dive inside. I think for a lot of people, for a lot of people I know, and a lot of our fans, yeah, and I yeah. think I think everybody. One of the things that people have really missed is live music. You know, that's that's oh a cool. Oh gosh, question. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Being in a room full of people, all on the same wavelength, appreciating the same thing, is so yeah. powerful. That shared experience in a group, which is really a lovely way to be in a group. Yeah, yeah. So, do you? I mean, obviously, it's a little early right now because we're we're talking in May of twenty twenty one, but let's say everything kind of by 2022 is a bit more available. Do you have plans with the chorus to get out on the road and, uh, you know, as and when time permits to, to bring the shows out to the world again? I think at some points we will. Uh, we're also really interested in creating the music that we have here and just giving it to people, getting it out to people, more so than um, tours and shows at this point. I think... In mid-2019, I said to the ladies, okay, listen, intuitively, I feel like we're not going to tour much in 2020, uh. <laughs> which definitely came to pass. And now at this point, it feels more like we can be um, of a really, really great, we could be of service to people digitally and through streaming on a, a larger scale. But I mean, live shows are so powerful. So I imagine that we'll be doing some in the future for sure. They, I mean, for sure. And I really like just my own personal experience of 2020. We had a whole bunch of live events that we had to cancel. Wow. And the interesting thing about it was we also had many digital things set up. I mean, we I've been digitally working for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it just made us consolidate our efforts in a certain mm -hmm. way. Um, yeah. I also got to make an album with DeVore, my collaborator, and we, you know, we'd been making songs for years, but there were a whole load of digital projects we were able to create and put out into the world and reach more people. So it's it's a funny one, isn't it? It's uh, on the one hand, the live experience is incredible. And yet on the other hand, we're at this very unique time in history where, as you said, streaming, it's so easy. Like this morning, uh, I go and look at your new album and I, I can go to my Apple Music subscription. I can go to your band camp. I mean, it's just all there. Whereas I remember growing up and I go to the CD store and, oh, I hope that Canadian artist that I love is here and can you order it and they can get it in three weeks, you know? 
So there is there is something amazing about this time in terms of the energy that we can put out into the world digitally. It is it is great. It really is, and it is so different from how from growing up. So different, vastly, vastly different. I love I love how you said that it it focused your efforts into the the digital realm because it definitely did that for us as well. Yeah, and uh, you know I mentioned your work on Insight Timer. Um, so I'm assuming you're also now I know that you're engineering everything. You were creating those yourself and then mm-hmm. putting those out there. I know so many more people in the last year than ever before have turned to apps like Insight Timer or recognizing they needed calming practices. Yes, absolutely. Insight Timer has been amazing. They're so kind over there. It's such a great team of people working over at Insight Timer. And my experience there has been only positive. I've found that, um, you know, it's always interesting because I, I can appreciate and enjoy other people, other teachers so fluidly. And then when it comes to creating my own, I'm always well aware of the fact that even if I like it, it doesn't mean that other people are going to enjoy it. So the fact that on Insight Timer, people are enjoying it is just astounding. Again, it's all, it's all, um, it's all benefit for me. For it's interesting you put it that way, because I've also learned the opposite lesson, which is even if I don't think something is good enough or not quite how I wanted to do it, or I'm like, oh, I wish I had had the time to redo that. You never quite know what it's doing for someone else. You know, I, I've, I've had the same lesson, but in reverse more times than, um, than the other way around. And I'm curious, did you ever have any uh, hesitancy or anything to overcome as you were starting to put your work out into the world? Because that's such a common thing for so many of us, I think, Mm -hmm. overcoming that small voice inside us that says we shouldn't or whether it's you're not good enough, whatever the voice is for you. I wonder, did you have any of those? And if so, what were they and how did you step beyond them? I I believe I had those uh, before I started doing music concerning just other people's opinions about me, my life, my appearance, because after losing my hair at such a young age, you know, you get sort of inundated with people's opinions and the the opinions of family, friends, strangers, everyone. And as I was dealing with all of those, I realized that like, I can't, it's, it's just not healthy to get tied up in what people think about me. It doesn't do me a service, you know, it's not a benefit to me. So then when it came to putting out music or putting out any of my art, I had already sort of solidified a bit of a foundation around um, this is just me. So, you know, you take it or leave it and it's fine either way. And I hope you like it, (laughs) but if you don't, it's okay. Um, And so I was, I was sort of eased into that transition artistically because of the uh, bumpy ride I had physiologically. (laughs) Right. And, And isn't that funny because it's, yeah, it's important for us not to carry that because I met you at this age and I saw your photo and then I see you stand Zoom and I'm like, oh, beautiful, beautiful woman, love your hair, you know. And to me, I'm like, maybe that's a, you know, a, a spiritual choice or a, but it so suits you because it, it, you. it really suits your emanation. And I guess we also become uh, how we look too, don't we? We embody it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's been a blessing for me having that happen. It was very difficult, but it's been a blessing. Absolutely. Without a doubt, I would do it again. So, Alexandra, one of the things that completely charmed me when I saw this on your website this morning was you had a meditative album, which is called, and I, because we don't want a parent advisory, I'll call it Effing Relax. 
And you also have um, an effing relaxed coloring book. And I'm going to read from the Amazon listing of that of that book. It says, we here at Life Math understand, Life Math understand that enlightenment is a process, not a effing destination. Now's the time to be real about our feelings and sort out our BS one day, one page, one moment at a time. And I love that because I think sometimes, and I've spoken to a few different friends about this, sometimes you can't beat that word. And even though I know it, it, it's not for everybody and for some people it's offensive, for me, there's a, there's, a, there's a charge and an energy in that word that I actually think disarms us because we have such programming about it. So when I, when I saw that and you'd put that out years ago, I thought that was very cool. And I'm, I'm just curious what the response was. Thank you. The response has been... Uh, overwhelmingly good, actually. What what inspired me to create those is just how I talk to myself sometimes in my own head. So, you know, like, effing relax. Like, yeah. it's, it's okay. Um, and so I put those down on paper and did a few meditations around it. And it's just been, it's really just my voice to myself. And again, as I said earlier, the fact that people enjoy it is such a benefit, such a plus for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And visual art and, and the world of art is just something that's very in you. Was that in your family line or was that just something you 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 were born with and explored? It's a little bit of both, actually. I've always been artistic and creative. And I also grew up around people who uh, forged their own paths and did uh, theater and costume design and building things and portrait artists and like all different types, sculptures and all, all different types of, of artists. So seeing people embody their true selves through their art helped me know that I could do the same thing through whatever my art looked like. Beautiful. A blessing yeah. to be around people like that. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you have, I mean, obviously you're, you're very, um, my, my experience of you in this conversation is you're beautifully go with the flow, we'll follow what happens. But I'm curious, do you have a, a vision of, of what it would be nice to see Beautiful Chorus bring to the world in the years to come? Something perhaps that's different to what you're doing right now or an expanded version? I'm curious if you have a vision like that that you'd be willing to share. Yes, absolutely. It's an expanded version of what we're doing now, definitely connected. And my one of my ultimate goals is to create an entire library of mantras and hymns for specific modalities, for specific reasons, for specific times in each of our lives that might be relevant to people across the board. That's my that's one of my ultimate goals. Oh, that's brilliant. I, yeah, that's that's a beautiful goal. And and that that's something that could live on for a long, long time. That's what I hope. Yeah, yeah. that's what I hope. Yeah. So who and what did you turn to in the last year, year and a half? You know, you're putting out this work that many, many of us are turning to for sustenance. What people, practices, arts kind of brought you peace or calm or reset over the last year or so? Mm. I think over the last year, what I've relied on is the momentum of positive thoughts, affirmations, meditations, calmness, stillness, presence that I've been cultivating my whole life. So for me, the last year was relying on those things and putting, you know, what I've been practicing into like overdrive practice, which has worked and been been really, really great and allowed me to translate what I've been able to experience this past year into the music that we're now offering. So what we always hope to do is to 
live in peace and enjoy our lives and then translate that into the music because that's what we hope everyone can experience as often as possible. Beautiful. And within your family and friend group, are yeah. you someone that people come to for support and advice <laughs> yeah. or, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been that way my whole life, actually. And I enjoy it because I like uh, solving issues. I love it. I love getting around a question and figuring out if there's an answer, like if the answer is to change the environment or to change our minds about it or to give it a new focus in a different way. Uh, physically and mentally, it's, I just I like figuring stuff like that out because I yeah. believe that the mind is a bridge. So if we can open it, then we have full access to who totally. we are. Yeah, totally. Now that emanates from you. You feel like whether 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 you believe in past lives or not, it feels like this is many lives for you. It's uh, it it's, does. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been this this way a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm curious for lots of the spiritual people I know who. Are, looking at the world and, you know, this time of transformation we're in, whatever you want to call it, I think everyone agrees we're in this massive time of transformation, both on the earth itself and then culturally and with everything that's going on around the world. Yeah. What What is your vision for the future or hope for the future or what do you see emerging from all of this? And if, if, if anything, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm curious with your perspective, yeah. I'm curious how you're feeling about where we're going and what we're moving through. It feels like a wave to me, and it feels like a wave of new consciousness and new honesty within ourselves. I know that the past year for myself and many people has has had us looking at ourselves in an even more honest way, which I think is so essential to the kind of world that I think that most of us do want to live in. So the way that I imagine the future is a wave of new consciousness and more love, more compassion, more creativity more inspiration, more awareness, more connection, more all of the good things. And, you know, by default, the rest will just sort of, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And I'm curious for your, for your inner 10-year-old who you've yeah. mentioned, uh, yeah. how does she feel about where you are right now and what you're doing in the world? It feels like a full circle moment for me. It feels like healing that, kid. Because, um, you know, that kid in me, my own inner child has learned how to live in the world and uh, connect with people and love and love unconditionally and um, assess and reflect and create and all of these things. But being able to help other people or support other people in their own recognition of how great they are and how strong they are and how what other people think about you is like the least of our worries, you know what I mean? Being able to help other people do that is like a full circle healing moment for me and that version of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this from, again, from my perspective, I'm still really new to your work, but even just in the short months that I've known your work and, you know, been, been engaged with it online, just the, the feels like there's this big full circle. It's like yeah. I said, you, you created this work for a long time, but it's, it's kind of, the, the timing is right now for more people to need it. The medicine you created many years ago yeah. has matured on the shelf. That's and true. now people, it's the right time. So that that's beautiful. And it's funny because the, the library idea that you you share, um, I can't think of a better time for, for that to be out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I guess in conclusion, it's been lovely to talk to you today. Thank you for coming on the show. And um, 
I, I'm going to ask you a, a slightly more pithy question. Um, yeah, who, who are some of your favorite music artists in the last few years or musicians or uh, music? If, if, if then, yeah. <sighs> there are so many. There are so many. So, I mean, everything from Enya to <laughs> Megan the Stallion. We listen to everything here, depending on the mood. Uh, Anita Baker, Sade, of course. Mm. Beth Gibbons from Portishead. Um, Kendrick Lamar, I just recently gave like a full, my full attention to, and I'm just completely blown away by his artistry. Ah, thank you. He's someone I've been knowing for about a year. I'm supposed to give my, I haven't given my attention to him either, but everybody raves about him. Yeah, uh, I didn't know. I had no idea. In in hearing a lot of the the music that was coming out at that time, I think I I sort of lumped it in with that and it doesn't deserve to be with that. It it deserves to be on its own beautiful island. He's a genius. So I've I've been enjoying uh, finding new music lately, which has been really fun. Great. And Sade, we were listening to her the other night and I'm like, oh, it's been 11 years. Come on, Sade. Let's oh have my a God. Run. <laughs> it's been has 11. Has it been 11? It has. Yeah, 2010, Soldier of Love. Although yeah. she did release a she beautiful a song for a movie a few years ago, um, Flower of the Universe or Child of the Universe. I forget oh, the name, wow. but but yeah. So I, I, I hope she's been making music during the lockdown. <laughs> um, I could listen to a new Sade album every week. Yeah. <laughs> I really could. And I love that you mentioned Enya because she was who I was thinking of with you guys. It, you know, Enya, Enya yeah. is someone I've loved for 25 years. And yeah. she has every muse, every piece that she brings out is a little different, but she has a world and she has a sound. She has a vibration. She and her two collaborators just bring it bring it home every time. So, yeah, um, yeah it's interesting you mentioned her first because I think of you guys in the same breath in terms of, holding a really strong frequency, a really strong resonance, and a world that's really intact. That's amazing. Thank you. I've always felt like she translated. The way I always say it in my head is that she translates the planet that she's from, whatever planet she's from, yeah. really well into this into this world. And thank you for, for what you said as well. I think to even go from Enya to someone like Megan Thee Stallion for us matters because um, our spirituality is very grounded and just very practical and real. So I know that oftentimes spirituality can seem like you you can only be positive. You can only talk about peace and love, but it's like, there are so many elements to life that whatever resonates, you know, in the moment is relevant. So. Yeah. And that's the beauty of music, isn't it? You know, you might want to put on metal one morning because it helps move something. And then that night you have very calming piano instrumental. Music Mm -hmm. is is its own world. It represents the spectrum of who we are, all the different artists, all the different styles. Yeah. I love how you said uh, you might want to move something differently, like because the the sound of music does move energy. So if you need to move energy, you know, different kinds of music will do that. That's beautiful. And actually, that's great because you make me, there's, there's one thing I should ask you to close, actually. How do you guys feel when you are creating your music? What is the effect for all of you when you're singing together? Because I read something that you wrote about that effect that you all experience. So, yeah, if you, if you, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of that with us, that would be great. Absolutely. When we're creating music, it, the first word that comes to mind is transcendent in that it feels like the, well, it's transcendent, but it's also very present. So it feels like the perfect marriage of physical, spiritual, and mental moments. 
and like flow, but then also like peace and stillness. It's this beautiful ocean of combinations of, of great feelings. And intuitively, it just feels aligned. One of the ways that I have described it to the ladies when we were writing songs is that you can write a song that's good. Like you can write a song that's good, but there's a specific song that each of us in whatever moments we choose are trying to create. And I, I liken it to a golden thread where when you touch, when you hit on the golden thread, you can like, it. it's that extra good, but you can, you can do something that's right around the golden thread on either side of it. And it'll still be a great song. It'll still be a, a beautiful creation, but when it's authentically you in that little, that little space, if we can zoom into that space and expand it and write our songs from, from that golden space, then, then all is right with the world. In those yeah, ways. completely. It, it's like there are certain, you know, songs that you create or that you sing that you just, I, I always experience it as if it throws me or it moves me in a different way, or it, it, there's something, if I, if I feel something with a song that we're creating, it's quite likely that then when you play it to other people, they have the same reaction. I've, I've kind of noticed it's, it, it moves through your body as well as the, the listener. Ooh, um, yeah, that's yeah. So, so great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So when are you guys next singing together? Um, we have a Zoom performance happening on May 26th, but I can't remember the name of the event. Oh, that's great. So it's a virtual concert. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, beautiful. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to be tuning in for that. And for because I think the show will come out after that, yeah. what would be the best way for people? We're going to put links to your music and your your website. What would be the best place or way for people to stay in touch with what you're doing and learn about concerts or new releases? Absolutely. Instagram is great for that. Our website, beautifulchorus.com is great for that. And uh, from our website, as you did, you can sign up for our newsletter. Yes. Awesome. Well, we'll put all the links below. Alexandra, please say thank you to all the ladies uh, from me. Um, as, a, as, a, as a fan and a regular listener, I'm so grateful that I get to experience the magic and the medicine that you guys are creating. Um, it really brings a lot to me. And for anyone who's watching or listening and you're new to Alexandra and Beautiful Chorus, I urge you to go and listen to their music because it's, uh, it's really transportive. Thank you so much. All the ladies send their love. And this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. And we will see you next time on Impact the World. But as ever, use the show notes to follow the links. And I hope you enjoy Beautiful Chorus. Welcome to Transmissions 2021. We are bringing Transmissions back this summer because last year when we first presented it, it was not only our most popular offering ever, we had several thousand of you join us from around the world. It was a way that I and my team could bring some of the energy of Soul Magic, our annual retreat, to you in the comfort of your own home, more affordably and with no limit on how many people we could serve. So Transmissions is a metaphysical, intuitive, and self-growth deep dive to allow you to cultivate more energy for your life and for you to bring to the world. The themes for this year are going to be joy, healing, expression, freedom, and magic. 
The way that these topics are explored is through five live broadcasts where I will not only teach intuitively, but I will channel my guides the Z's. We provide transcripts, audio downloads of each session. There is an energy blueprint that you will receive ahead of the course starting where I write a document basically that I channel about what energies we're going to be cultivating, looking at, moving, releasing. We also have several supplemental materials and videos from members of my team. So there are meditations, there are videos that help you support yourself as you go through a journey like this. We also have the private members forum, which is away from social media, so you can privately share and discuss with all other members of the course. The final element of our transmissions courses is the music album that Devorbozik and I create. This is both spoken word and music, and it's five 10-minute tracks. You may have seen that we've just publicly released last year's album, which we created for course members. So you can stream that right now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. But for this year, we will exclusively be bringing you Transmissions Volume 2, which will be available this year only to course members. So we invite you to check out the course page, read more details, and if it resonates for you to join us for Transmissions 2021, we would love to welcome you aboard.